Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku to You, the podcast where three friends come together and bring you what is new in the Japanese music industry. This is the week of Friday, February 9th. I'm your host, Luna, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? All right, all right, all right. Unfortunately, for the time being, Ken is unable to join us. Hopefully in the future you will see Ken on our special episodes. I know last week you got a little bit of taste of him since I was not able to be on. But we look forward to having him back in the future. Gray, how are you? What have you been listening to this week? Yeah, no, uh, it's I'm doing good hanging in there, just a little tired from work. But um, just been kind of checking out some some stuff. So uh, I actually found the openings and endings for Outlaw Star, and I, I've honestly been listening to those. <laughs> uh, just kind of going back down uh, memory lane and stuff like that. But uh, I've also been checking out Akira Takano's latest single uh, called X Doll. It's pretty solid, and it's not too bad. Checking out some of Little League's singles that dropped that I I, I missed. Uh, 15 minutes is, is really good. It's this nice ballad number. Fei Long's pretty fun. Been checking out this new group called... I, I, I had a debate with my wife on how you would pronounce this name, but I'm going to go with Chilled Spot. It's a it's a portmanteau of... Child Spot? Child. child it's ch- Well, it's Chill... It's got two L's in it. So it's it's like... It's Chill, Child, and Spot. It's a portmanteau of all three of those words. So... I've been calling them Chilled Spot. Uh, I've I, been I calling you know them what I'm talking about. Child Spot. Yeah, I know who they are. Yeah, I've, me, uh, me and Ken have talked about them a couple times. Okay. Yeah, I've been checking out their their portrait album and their latest EP. I've been listening to them and really liking them. Listening to Tonun's latest single and uh, been checking out LOL's latest album, Life Is, that just dropped and having a lot of blast with that. Ah, but that that pretty much about covers it. What have you been listening to, Luna? So one of the main things I've been listening to is Knock Vane released their new album, Dispersion, in early January. It actually came out the 10th, and I have been obsessed with that album. I mean, I already love Knock Vane anyway. And so just, I've been anticipating their album for actually months. I absolutely love Nightingale, which came out in November. And then the other songs like Chronic and Touch and Vain, which were used in their previous EP that released early last year, I already loved. So they have a lot of new tracks on here and mixed with a lot of the already digitally released ones. But out of the new ones, Vanilla Days is absolutely amazing. I also really like Looper's. Puzzle is one of my favorite songs as well. I also enjoyed Rust. I thought it was phenomenal. And of course, there are other digital singles they'd released throughout the year, like Beautiful Mass. I already loved. I already loved like Odd One Out and like I said, Chronic and Touch and Reminiscing. So, but I highly recommend Dispersion. Harukaze is a phenomenal vocalist, and I also really enjoy Hiroyuki Sawano. He is such an amazing composer. So these two just make the perfect duo in their composition and vocals. So that has been one of the main things on my list. Also, I went back to listen to Kodakumi again because she dropped her digital single Room, which I really liked. And it just got me going back to listen to some of her 
usual her older discography that I, I just happen to love. But I mainly went back to remix albums, such as her remakes that came out in 2020, her drive all her driving hits albums, just so you know she is nine of them. Also went back to Walk of My Life because it really is one of my favorite albums by her. I love Sometimes Dream Comes Sometimes Dreams Come True. It's probably one of my favorite songs that always puts a smile on my face. Also discovered new artist named Sala. She released a new singer, single called Gotcha Gotcha, and I really like that. And then I went back to Daichi Mira because he drops his new album over this month. And I've been anticipating this album for actually quite some time. When he announced that back in December, around December, I was super, super excited for this. So I've been counting down till it comes out and I've been listening to Noto and she pixelated world also dropped recently and very excited about that. And I also went back to Daichi single collection from 2018 to 2023 that actually dropped last year and it included a lot of the digital singles that were not on an album such as I'm here, Antelope, Backward, Sansan, Blizzard, Be Myself. So I've really enjoyed that and I regret not buying it when it came out. Also went back to Maze. Uh, Apple put all their music on there finally. And for a while they only had their cruising album and then they got rid of it. And I was so bummed and it's like not available in your country. And then I went back and looked because Maze dropped a new album last year called Unlocking. I absolutely love it. So when I went back to look, I'm like, oh my God. All of Maze's whole discography is on here. Holy cow. And I own almost every album by them. But I just got excited because I can listen to it in a car. And not to mention I don't own Unlocking and I need to pick that up. I was just more excited that they have all their albums and I can now share it with people. I also went back to like some hip hop and that too. Daichi Yamamoto, I was listening to Elephant in My Room EP. Love the track Blueberry. Aji Sai is really good. Splash, Radio, featuring Flack. Um, so that was on there. Also went back to Syrup Blue Blur because I bought the vinyl for that. And that vinyl just makes everything sound better. Fine Line, just, mm, I, I just love Blue Blur. Every track is amazing, and a big thank you to Ken for really driving that album into me last year because it's been one of my favorites now. Also picked up Mime's Bloom album on vinyl. Finally got around to listening to that. Mime, just still an artist that I absolutely love. And Put Your Guns Down, one of my favorite songs off that, but listening to it on vinyl really does make a difference to me also went back to listening to Adol, and mainly it was Uta's songs from, from Film Red. I, I don't, I really, really love New Genesis, and I listened to it as a whole again, and I kept thinking, why didn't I buy this on vinyl? Because this would sound amazing. So this will be my next pickup when I, when I get a chance, because I really do love every track on here. I love Otto's vocals. I like how she can switch her tone, and she's so versatile, because there are points in some of these tracks, it's like she's, it's like screamo combined with pop and it works. And I think that's one of the things I love about her now. 
And I feel like it was a double-edged sword for me because I used to not like it, but now I'm really appreciating how she does her music and what she can do. So that's been another one. And then some of the other random vinyl I picked up, I picked up Kodakumi's Butt. So I was listening to that with it had all the remixes on it. I picked up Mflow, How You Like Me Now. And definitely one of my top favorite Mflow songs. It is just gold. It is one I grew up listening to. Just fantastic. So it, it's been a, honestly, there's just been a lot of random things I've really, really listened to. Um, so I'm just going to stop it there just because it's music has been my life lately. And it just feels good to have that different sounds in your ears. So keeps you going. But with that, we have a very interesting topic today. And this is something that actually has been being talked about and made the news. And I really wish if Ken could be on to talk, discuss this with us. How, because I'm always, I'm, I have an idea where his opinion's going to go. However, I always like to hear it from him. So, what we're going to talk about is actually Jail One and how this group is actually using a very, very smart, highly successful model to market their music. And those of you who don't know who J1 is, Jail One is. They are an 11 member boy band. And, uh, well, they're a, pretty much, they're a boy band and all 11 members are actually Japanese. They sing all their songs in Japanese, but all their performances, their style, their production, their choreography has a K-pop aesthetic to it. And it's actually very popular in South Korea, despite this is a Japanese group who is taking on, taking on that K-pop model and... Honestly, it's really interesting to see this. So a little bit more info on Geo one and who they are. So it was formed in 2019 through something called Produce 101 Japan, which is a spinoff of the famous South Korean audition show of the same name. And Produce 101 is very, very big. And there's a lot of groups that come from that. And so it was a joint venture between Japan's Yoshimoto... Kogyo Holdings, and then South Korea, CJ, ENM. And so just seeing them do this and collaborate together to make this, I'm going to say, super group who is drawing in a global audience. And that is a big deal. I mean, this group was pretty much created at home and abroad thanks to the audience driven process so what they do in that show is it involves a lot of online voting and it determines the top 11 out of the 101 candidates and so all the audience actually participate in this process and uh, um, and it started out at, like the process as a novelty for an audition program in japan so the audience got to follow along with it the audition process witness the growth of the performers um, and some who might not have had any singing or dancing experience before this. So it was neat to just, I mean, I the U.S. has done this in the past, but not to this extent. I mean, you look at, I'm just going to bring up Pussycat Dolls and Eden's Crush. And this really dates me. O-Town was another one that comes to mind because MTV used to do this and you know, a couple other stations used to do that, you know, auditions for groups, but it was more like five member groups. 
And what JO1, you know, became is these 11 members from these 101 candidates. And it's watching this program, having that online voting. I feel like being more digital now is a big deal because I feel like the U.S. programs that did this back then were based off judges, not the audience. So I feel like the audience have so much investment into this group. And that's also helped it risen to fame. And not, I mean, not to mention, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the audience watching is this is seeing these seeing these groups who started out with nothing, blank state, slate, and just watching them grow and watching, like, just seeing them perform, seeing them learn new things, and then getting attached to these members and getting attached to people. I I feel like it's a, honestly a very smart model to do, and it gets investment from everyone. If I was watching this, I can tell you I would be very invested in these boys if I was watching this process because remembering, knowing how I am and how I really do get invested with, I used to get very invested with some of these shows, like reality shows, and you really d develop a connection while watching it and you want to see what happens and you really want to root for them and you're like, wow. Look how far they've come. I I really like this. And also just seeing their music. And I feel like for us, we see them on the Oricon. But we might not always look at the backstory of, wow, how did GO1 form? How was this all determined? And just seeing the success that they've had from 2019 till now, it's been about five years, seeing how far they've come and just topping the Japanese billboard charts. I mean, March 2020, they sold over 300,000 copies of their debut single in the first week. So that is super rare for a male group from a new entertainment company. I mean, just knowing that and seeing where they came from. And I, I personally did not watch Produce 101. So... I don't have a lot of investment like some people do, but if I did, I could see myself following them. And to show how far they've come and how popular they are, they've per they've participated in a lot of major K-pop events in Thailand, United States, did a first Asia tour as well, going to like Jakarta, Bangkok, Taipei, Shanghai. And they also were very smart how they did stuff with digital during the pandemic. They went to YouTube and social media and really spread the word. And I felt like that was a big deal to their fame. They're, I feel like they also have had a big part in promoting Japanese culture. And that's one thing I think a lot of people see, well, they're like a K-pop group because they develop that, they have that model of K-pop. You look at them, you hear their music, you hear how they came from, you know, the joint venture with Japan, South Korea doing to produce 101. So you automatically think, wow, they're K-pop, but they're singing Japanese. But I feel like it's a really good thing in a sense, too, because like this is they're promoting Japanese culture through different tie ups with firms and local governments. They're showcasing landmarks such as Himeji Castle in their videos. Uh, I feel like what they're accomplishing is really good. They're bringing the best of like K-pop songs. They're blending it in with culture of J-pop. 
but you see influences in both. I mean, to me, do I see more K-pop influence? Yes, I absolutely do. But do I also see the Japanese influence? Absolutely. Um, and also a little bit of me is I've, I've loved J-pop since 04. And I've also loved K-pop as well. And I remember listening to first-gen K-pop, second-gen K-pop. I started to fall out around third-gen third K-pop is when I started to bounce off. But then doing this podcast really did, you know, we got exposed to some of that when we crossed over into Japan. And occasionally I jump back in. And it's really interesting to see the trend. And looking at how, how in the last couple years how K-pop and the Korean wave really did hit and how the K-pop trend is still going strong. It has not gone down. It has remained steady. I mean, it goes up and it remains steady. And that's honestly a big thing to notice in the industry. And I feel like JO1 and the model they're doing is very smart because it's a way to bring in, bring people into Japanese music but also having that K-pop sound because that is what's trending right now. That's what's popular. So people are going to hear JO1 and be like, oh, they're Japanese. They have a K-pop sound. I wonder if there are any other artists that sound like them that I might like. Great way to do that. So I honestly, one, I have mad respect for these boys for everything they've done and just for getting up on TV, doing something like this, learning this from nothing to everything they've done and watching her choreography is absolutely amazing. And they have great vocals. And even the ones who, there's some that are stronger singers than others, some that are stronger dancers than others, but that's what makes them such a good group. And they really hit a lot of those points. And I think it's something the Japanese industry really does need to bring some more overseas growth and really spread the word of Japanese music worldwide, even if it is through a K-pop model. So, Gray, I know you're not as familiar with the K-pop industry, but given like the history of the group and just, you know, what we've heard and heard from them and done. So like, what are your thoughts on this? What are your feelings? Yeah, no, uh, it's a very interesting topic of discussion. Uh, definitely a very interesting article. I think uh, the group that produces Jo One is forward thinking. Uh, you know, and, and you know, music trends change over time. Uh, and you know, it's hard to think, but you know, the music, the K-pop music of today is not going to be the K-pop music we're talking about in ten years. Uh, styles going to be different and stuff like that, but. When you look at the Japanese market, and we've been seeing this over the course of the series, it's become or over the course of the show, it's become more prominent uh, as time progresses, uh, to the point where in our annual predictions, me and you both, Luna, talk a lot about K-pop groups and stuff like that because you know we expect to see, you, you know, K-pop groups in the discussion uh, throughout the year, and you, you know. You know, every year, you know, there's a new K-pop group that's relatively young, but, you know, makes a huge hit in Japan. And, and you know, it's a and, you know, the old groups are sticking around, you know, uh, 
you, you know, it's it's not just you know the old ones go away and just the new ones. It's like you got the, you got you got they have some bit of staying power, and uh, whether you know I I like it or not, you know the market's going in that direction. Every song that's you know we can tell that's kind of inspired by K-pop, it it does really really well, and you know that's it it sells really good. You know it's usually number one hit. And, you, you know, part of me, it's kind of like, you know, I, I would prefer them to be kind of like leaders and do their own thing. But at the same time, you got to go where the money is and where the market is. And while I, I think in some some degree they're chasing a trend, uh, it's a trend worth chasing. And I, I think Luna makes a great point. Uh, and it's like, you know, sometimes it just takes one group, one band. You know, I, I started off. Uh, liking Asian Kung Fu Generation, just like a lot of people, and that that led to Scandal, and that led to Radio, and that led to, uh, you know, where we sit today, and and you know I, you know, you know Asian Kung Fu Generation and Scandal don't don't really sound the same. Radio is you know its own thing altogether, but you, you know it it takes one group that you like, uh, one group that kind of matches your tastes. And you just kind of springboard off of that, and before you know it, you found 17 artists you like, and and I think that's just the smart way to go about it. So, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and you know be the old man screaming at the clouds about this. You know, it is what it is, and, and it's coming whether I like it or not. But I I think it's interesting, and I think it's smart because it shows that that they know where the future's at. They know what where the money is, they know kind of like where the audience is going to be. And I, I think the, the K-pop trend is n- not going anywhere anytime in the future, especially the next two, three, four years. I think it's only going to grow and, uh, and we'll see a lot more of that. Uh, and, and things could change, you know, the market's volatile. I, I learn is I don't, I'm not trying, I have no idea what, what's going to happen, but I just, all all things aside you know right now just looking at it i think moving forward if you're going to if you have to place a bet i think doing like a korean influence style song would be beneficial because you're going to capture korean groups you're going to capture uh you know you got your native japanese group it's a lot easier to export a korean sound cuz korea's already captured large chunks of the american market and all well, over yeah Euro- Euro- i was gonna say like Asia. it's not just a korean sound i feel like part of it is because and this is me sorry apologize for cutting in is that a lot of the later korean music like you can tell there's always been american influence and even me listening to first gen second gen like bb vox fine killing liberty girls generation you know that type of thing you could still hear the american influence but i feel like once we got in to the later markets and i will even say like big bang is part of one one of the one big bang and 21 were some of the ones starting off really starting that trend even though a lot of people don't realize it in the k-pop industry with their western sound and then you get bts who comes in who really knew how to work that market 
and pull people in and they brought that western sound so i feel like in a way the korean sound is like it's not really just korean i feel like it's more of a western sound and it's always been that western style that they really decided to pull on because they know it sells they know if they're gonna go to that western sound it's going to sell because it's very similar to the u.s so in that that essence i feel like I don't know if I'd call it Korean sound, but I would say they definitely took like the K-pop model of what they did of taking that westernization and just really brought it to the forefront. But they took the westernization one step farther and added one of the things they do best, which is choreography, because K-pop has always had excellent choreography. And I mean, J-pop has really good stuff, but I will say, like, I've always been amazed with some of the choreography K-pop artists have done. Yeah, no, you're no, you're fine. You don't have to apologize for cutting in. I think that's fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, choreography is really good, and especially in K-pop groups. And uh, you know, I, I like J-pop groups. I I think you know they do a, a a pretty solid job. But you know, you know, I think K-pop groups really do take their choreography to the next level. Uh, and stuff and you know, you know it's it, it it's they, they like the k-pop really knows how to capture the audience uh with visual style and really has the, like the ability to create a performance that that really entertains I, like like i said like usually for me uh, i i have a hard time usually liking the music but you know, if you if I put on like a K-pop video or something like that, not that that's something I do too often, but when it happens, you know, I, I usually get caught up in the choreography. Even if the song's not really catching me, usually the choreography by the guys and stuff like that is, is done really well. Uh, and I, you know, like I said, you know, I think you know, like Exile, the Exile Tribe groups, I think have pretty solid choreography. I've seen some Dice stuff that has some pretty decent choreography in it. LOL has some pretty good choreography. Well, yeah. I would and never say that, that I, as much as I enjoy that, it's on the same level as what they're doing in Korea. Well, I do agree. I think Exile Tribe, and I'm just going to say this, LDH in general knows how to market and put their artists out there. And LDH has always been great with choreography. And if I were to say any group or any label could rival some of those K-pop ones. It's LDH, especially the tribe groups and even Exile in general. I think that's one that could be big. Like I could see Arda see if someone's getting into JO1 and sees them because I mean, this is a big feat, like them going global and people getting into JO1 and then saying, oh, they sound K-pop. Oh wait, they're Japanese. Are there other artists like that? Honestly, if someone asked me if they like Geo One, I tell them check out Exile Tribe, and I would I would be specific in which songs. But Exile Tribe is one I could easily see people getting into. I mean, you're looking at the new ones; they have like Lil League is phenomenal, and they really have a good sound. And I'm I would like to see what they're going to develop because they could be one of those groups that really comes up that people start noticing. And, I mean, you look at their rampage, and I personally love Sunday Maisel Brothers. But you start looking at some of the LDH ones like that, and, I mean, will they rival 
the I don't think they'll ever be like full rivals of the Korean market by any means. However, I really think they have that capability to be successful in that global market at some point. And I feel like JO1 is going to be that icebreaker if more Japanese artists want to try to push for the industry. If they're doing, if they're going to, if JO1, which they are having success, I can tell you because where I live, I live in the middle of the United States. So, you know, it's hard to get to any place where I live without taking two planes. Um, that'll showcase where I'm at. But I can get JO1 CDs at Target. I can get JO1 CDs. I saw them at Walmart. I saw them at one of our local stores, like our local music stores too. So that really shows the global impact JO1 is starting to have. And surprisingly, we have a K-pop store here and they were selling JO1 merch. So that was, that's the the thing. It's just like, yeah, JO1 is making an influence. And I think taking that K-pop aesthetic really helped. And it actually, I think, will bring more people into Japanese music. It'll, I, I'm very curious to see the people that really like JO1, like what other artists that are Japanese that they'll end up liking. And that's what I would love to see more of. Like when I was in Japan, you could see how big all the JO1 is, how big BTS is, Blackpink, New Jeans, all the K-pop idol stuff. But seeing JO1 in there too is really neat. Seeing all the merch seeing their popularity not just in Japan but worldwide is just I feel like a really good breakout for the music industry and it also shows the you know that there is versatility because most people when they think of Japan I'm just gonna say this they think of Utada which I love Utada and she's a phenomenal artist they think of Enka which I have some people say yeah it's that weird music where it just you know it's just these people making these weird sounds and I'm like that's traditional music you know there's other things besides that and I feel you know it's just hey look Japan's starting to westernize some of their music for you know to bring in more of an audience and then they can go from there and because I feel like there's so many good artists there that are just hidden gems and this is a good gateway yeah and you know sometimes the hardest part can be getting people in the door you know uh, that that's like one of the, the things and you know I, I've always felt like you know one of the things about J-pop was you know they had a leg up because you know anime is I think at its peak popularity now absolutely there, there hasn't been a correlation to J-pop for whatever reason you know it's like it's like even though anime is there you know, at its is, peak popularity but it's within the community more so and here's the crazy thing so yeah they're like they really the people who watch anime are really into the certain ani song song so and not even like like lisa like anime lisa um mizuki nana but they only listen to the anime theme so they'll go out and buy the soundtrack they'll go out and buy the opening and endings but they won't buy the artist actual album and I've noticed that throughout is it's mainly because, you know, they hear it over and over, but they don't really venture out. I have noticed a little bit more lately venturing out. I also feel like since it's more accessible, it's garnishing a lot more popularity. Like, Yao Sobi is 
really starting to hit worldwide and you can see how they've hit the global charts just just to you know name one on that because of the idol 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 for Oshino Cole um but going to conventions the other thing is most conventions I go to they are obsessed with the k-pop and it is more because of the choreography and the dance beats because they like that upbeat dance music they like that it's westernized and they can relate to it and I can tell you it like the big cons I go to they don't play anything but k-pop mostly and they will be sitting in the lobby with k-pop speakers and there are girls and guys who get up and just know that choreography in every single dance move I mean my mind was blown because learning that is not easy and it's just amazing to see that. And then sometimes you'll see they'll have stages and you'll see like a variety of J-pop and K-pop. And it's funny seeing the people do the idol stuff like for AKB and uh, Morning Musume. And then you see the people who do the K-pop and the difference in choreography is actually jarring. And difference in sound is jarring. You go for something really poppy and fun to something very hip-hop-ish, you know, westernized, more aggressive beats. But I, like, you're right about anime being very at its peak. I feel like you either skip over all the theme songs or you only listen to the theme songs. Because most of the anime fans I know will only know certain theme songs and don't listen to J-pop besides the theme songs, but then love K-pop. And I've asked a few people why, and they're like, well, it sounds very Western. It's like what we kind of listen to now, but just with Korean lyrics. So, but then there's also, those other people also like Chanmin, a witch, the more Western style artist. Um, so it's very interesting just to see that, you know, even though anime is popular, not everyone likes the anime music. Like they like it, but they're very specific. They don't venture beyond it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I can, yeah, like I said, I, I guess I can see why. Uh, I know one of the reasons why I came to J Japanese music is because I hated modern Western music with a passion. And, and I, I think that's one reason why I, like, I've had a hard time with K-pop is because, you know, it follows the the Western music trends that I didn't like. So, so I don't know. And, and it's, just, it's just never grown on me, really. But... Uh, you, you know, go, kind of moving back to like Jo One and all that. You know, it. I think, you know, like, like like we said earlier, I think this is a smart move. And you know, if it gets more eyes on Japanese music, I think that's going to be an overall positive. Uh, and and part of me kind of like like I really don't want because there, there's already a lot of Korean influence in Japanese music. If you know. To me, at least, because and, and we're here every week when we listen to it. But I'm certain to a lot of people, they would like to see a lot more Korean influence. And, and so, you know, there's a part of me that's kind of like, well, you know, by them doing this, it's only going to invite more Korean influence into the Japanese market. But I, I think that's the direction the market's going to go anyways. So if, if it does anything, it's only going to accelerate the trend. It's not going to to prevent it and, and like like it's, it's going to happen one way or the other by by them doing what they're doing i think it's just going to kind of accelerate it a bit but 
Uh, and like I said, you know, music music style changes. You know, you know, you know what what was popular in J-pop ten years ago is different today, and you know what you know what's going to be in the market ten years from now is going to be drastically different than what we're talking about today. And you know, so like you know, all these trends change over time. But again, you know, you, you got to be smart. You got to play the you know, you know, it's a numbers game sometimes, and you got you got to play it. So I, I think you know. It would be interesting if other groups kind of piggyback off Jo One and do do what they're doing, like kind of do that same whole like, let's look at the Korean market, let's look at some Korean surveys and see what the Korean audience is saying, and see if we can take that what what they're saying and apply it to our music. Because I'm certain there's other groups that are, had a similar thought or looking to do the same thing. And, I mean, you know, they... look at Eni, Eni, yeah. Octopath. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot more groups taking that trend and seeing success. And also the trend of having groups with both Korean and Japanese members. And both, you know, with groups that they have that speaking capability in both languages. And just to mention like La Seraphim twice. And you see the success twice has had, not just in Korea not in Japan, but worldwide as well. And then also like Misamo, which I really like the subgroup they did for Japan. And it, it's just really interesting to see that. And I like Twice because they don't take that full Western approach. They're still my girl's generation. You know, they still have the influence, but they're really good at keeping the markets how they want, but still having that global success. So I feel like they're a great way of also showing how they mark, you know, the mark. I mean, they have a good marketing model and they also know how to pull people in. I also feel like part of it's an investment with the members as people get very attached to them. And I actually think if they aired some of those more like J01 to produce 101, it was aired all over. You could watch it all over. So it's not just, you know, even though Japan was the more ones voting on it, but I mean, you could watch that and vote on it online. So I'm sure I could have found it and watched it and followed along with it being in the U.S. And just think of all the other countries did because you can see like Singapore and Taipei and all these other areas like cities who are just who've been watching it since the beginning and very invested. I feel like that's also a good model to have um, is having the audience involved. So I kind of feel like that plays a part too not just the music but I feel like the style like you said Gray that is what it's trending for um I can on a like a lot of groups who are already well established they're not gonna follow that trend they're gonna stick to what they know best and do best and they're still gonna keep their following and some of them might not want that worldwide success but I feel the groups that do want to seek a worldwide success are going to go a route that is a good marketing for them. Uh, I will say, like, are there other Japanese groups who have not taken the K-pop trend that have done well? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to say, look at Baby Metal. Look at Bandmade. One OK Rock. Those are just to name a few, but people love metal, and that's another actual trend that I'm not going to get into that really does bring some music worldwide. I feel like Europe really gets hit with it because they always get Bright Ear and Love Bites. But seeing that in the U.S. and how popular Baby Metal is and when they did their Death Clock tour, and I'm so sad I missed it, 
I mean, that almost sold, that's like sold out places. Bandmade sold out so many places. And you do see certain, I feel like certain genres or certain styles really hit that trend because if they have that fan base. And I feel like K-pop has such a huge fan base that a group like JO1 also knows how to hit that fan base perfectly. Yeah, I know metal's always been like very popular, but you know, the metal crowd's very religious to metal, if, that, if that's a good way to put it. Like they don't like, you know, if you're into very heavy metal, loyal, you don't, you're not really branching out into the idol groups or the male groups. There is old idol. And that's the thing yeah. is a lot of metal heads love old idol. Oh, that that's true. That's very true. So I feel like idol kind of did figure out a good way to capture that metal crowd too. But even like K-pop, you got the big fan base. Do they venture out into other things? Yes. But I feel like it's more of the popular like artist trends. So it's very fascinating to see that. But I also feel like it does still, jail, going back to JL1, I, I think them really putting themselves in the limelight, limelight is a good way to bring that interest toward japan and that's really what they're trying to do is piggyback off the k-pop trend which i honestly have no problem with and bringing that aesthetic and showing hey we can do it too and we got tons of other artists here like hey take a look at us japan can do it just as good we're i feel like k-pop knew how to develop that market you know once they got they saw the success of BTS. They really formed around that that market base, that model. And Japan, I'm glad Japan did take notice because this, I feel like it's not really an experiment, but it's a way to say, hey, we can, let's try it and see if it works. And I, I think it was a, a great way to do this and see. I'm just looking forward to seeing what other artists are going to start developing, seeing their popularity. Like we've seen Eni really start to rise in popularity and they're, they're very similar in base to, to JO1 and they have that K-pop aesthetic. And I think Octopath, which I, I do like them. They have really good vocals. They also have a K-pop aesthetic to them. And there's a couple other groups too. But I am curious to see in the next couple years if JO1's global success, how much more, how many more J-pop artists are going to start branching out globally. Part of me also feels like it's not just the um, people liking them because they're there are some J-pop artists that are hugely popular outside Japan, but also them being able to travel to really do those tours to promote themselves to market themselves i feel like that's the other thing jo1 has done very well is the marketing aspect and using social media to get their name out and spread the word i feel like if it also wasn't for that is the sns trend that's a big boost too because in 2019 they were on youtube and all you know all those forms of sns putting their name out there feel like that also put them to the forefront and I it's not like an overnight success type of thing you know they really work hard to garnish that so I feel like you know some of those artists that are either upcoming or in the industry who are trying to garnish that global support also have to work a little bit harder to do that because of so many competitors in the industry too yeah I mean the 
the competition in the industry is definitely packed. Uh, so, you know, it's really hard. It's, and it, you know, that's, I think that's it. You know, every market you go into, you know, it's very loaded. You're going to have to try really hard. I mean, you're going to have to go for it if you want it because uh, the market is definitely packed. But, you know, there's things you can you can do and like i said you know you could you know do be a k-pop influence but uh there's a couple of ways you can stand out you know being just slightly different um but you know getting you know the dance moves right uh and stuff and maybe having like a slightly different sound i think might would help distinguish you a little bit but it'll like i said it'll be hard to uh, it, it'll be interesting to see like where the market goes and what the industry is going to do over the next few years. Uh, and especially because, you know, you think about it as if at the, like the male idol groups, you know, what's dominated the male, the male vocal vocal groups for a long, long time. It's Johnny's, but you know, now that they're not really a thing anymore, I mean, you know, you have smile group and stuff like that, you know, 2024 is going to be an interesting year to see if you know they can retain their popularity without the name uh, i i think they will because they, they have a built-in audience but uh i don't know if they will or not so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out but i think 2024 is going to be very interesting to see kind of like how the the industry goes uh and like i said i, I think we're going to see a lot more k-pop influence uh especially over 2024 and into 2025 i think it's just going to get bigger and bigger i agree and i think it'll be a really good trend to follow and just see where the global market is going where the japanese market is going and i'm looking forward to honestly what's in store for jo1 in their future but also what's in store for the japanese music in general to see how it's going it how it's going to start entering the global market and to see who's going to be entering that global market. Yeah. Or to see if n- more groups other than JO one are able to break out into the market. Uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Absolutely. And I, I feel like this was a topic that we needed to cover at some point. I mean, JO one, we've seen them in the charts, for all these years, I remember their debut, and we do talk about them quite a bit. Even if their music might not be my style, I respect them 100% for everything they've accomplished and done throughout their career. And I know they have many, many more years to come, and we're not going to, we're going to continue to see them on the charts, and we're going to continue to see other artists with the same type of aesthetic. And I'm, honestly looking forward to see what the next years in the industry will bring and see if the how the trend will change you know what artists are going to be added to it what's going to what's going to become less but i think it it's something that we've needed to talk about for a while and i mean it's the new year it's it's a great topic to bring up and i do wish if ken was on but it's that's something I've been honestly wanting to dive into a little bit more, given how markets have been changing so quickly. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is uh, a market, or uh, no market, uh, this is a topic that we've been, we've needed to cover for a while. So this is definitely a great opportunity 
uh, to cover it, especially going into 2024. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see how uh, 2024 shapes up. Absolutely. And I just want to give a big thank you to everyone for listening today. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if you have any thoughts on this, you want to talk about GO1, you want to talk about some of your favorite songs, you want to talk about some information on them, please let us know. Feel free to like comment on here, give us some stories, or give us some feedback and how what you think of the industry. Do you think this is a good thing? Do you think this is a bad thing? Do you think this is going to help bring more, get uh, more people interested in Japanese, Japanese music globally? We'd love to hear from you guys as well. All right. And with that, we are going to wrap up. Be sure to check out our website at ongakutu.com. Also be, to sure, also be sure to follow us on X at Ongaku2U along with our, and follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page. We want to give a big thank you to our affiliates such as Kyoto Hunter, who is a Twitch streamer who specializes in niche and horror games. You can follow him at twitch.tv slash Kyoto Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also follow TimberTaft, who's not only a Twitch streamer, but a vocalist as well. You can follow him at twitch.tv slash TimberTaft, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also follow my sister, Rosalie, who is currently streaming Final Fantasy XIV. She's been super obsessed with that one lately. She's also been streaming a little bit of Monster Hunter Rise as well. You can follow her at twitch.tv slash RainStarKitty. R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also follow Fangirl Has No Name, who loves all that Zelda and Nintendo stuff, and she also has her own book. You can follow her at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-N-A-M-E. You can also follow our usual host, Ken, on X at otyken one where he mainly talks about what he's watching, what he's listening to, Ina Iba, Bang Dream, D for DJ. And don't forget the podcast that Kyo, Timber, Fangirl, and Ken do called Potasaurus, where they discuss various video games and the industry as well. You can check that out on all podcast streaming services by looking up Kyoto Hunter. And Gray, where can we find you? You can find me on X at OngakuGray, where I post about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. If you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. And you can follow me on several of the social media, such as X, Letterboxd, My Anime List, Anime Planet, Kitsu, Serialized, The Book One, which I can't remember right now, as LunaMaria87. If you see a LunaMaria87, it's more than likely me. And you can follow me on Instagram as NerdyCollectorLuna. I talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. Lately, everything is Keto Senshi Gundam Seed because of Gundam Seed Freedom came out. And I am super obsessed with all the goods. So you can follow me there. And I want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. We greatly appreciate you. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Jamatane! And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll be right back here next time. Bye-bye.